Hey there, this is Julie from Blended Life. Thank you for taking the time to download this episode of our podcast. I hope you find value in it. The truth is though, sometimes you need more than a podcast can offer to get unstuck and find peace in your blended family life. The struggle is real. So this is a personal journey I've been on for years, seeking peace in circumstances and with people I can't control. Becoming Heard was born out of this quest. As a certified life and health coach, I am passionate about helping others just like you and me free themselves from chronic upset and chronic crisis mode. Right now, I'm offering Blended Life listeners a one-on-one free breakthrough session with me. This call will give you clarity to see if coaching is right for you. Take advantage of this opportunity now by emailing me at becomingheardnow at gmail.com. I can't wait to connect with you. Hey everyone, I'm Eric. This is my wife, Julie. We are The Blended Life and... Thank you to all the new subscribers this week. We really just want to take a second before we even start and thank all of our new subscribers and our listeners. And um, it's neat watching this channel just kind of grow so organically and so quickly. But uh, it's really just because of you guys that our blended family is able to grow and touch other blended families. So thank you guys for all that. Yeah, it's really fun. Yeah. I'm glad we are having some sort of purpose here. That's it. So Yes. So tonight's awesome. topics. Yeah. So we're going to talk about um, blended family separation, being married but living separately as a blended family. Ooh. I know a lot to unpack in that one. We're going to yeah. talk about living in, as a step-parent, living in a bio-parent's shadow. That is something that I think a lot of us um, step-parents out there can kind of relate to. Um, we're going to talk about teens and driving and <laughs> the reality of teens and driving. And why you should never teen and drive. <laughs> <laughs> but the reality of your teen being a driver and living between two homes. Okay. There's a lot to deal with there. Um, and then if we get to it, because it seems we never get to all of everything. Right. Um, we're going to talk about the effects of not caring. <laughs> yes. <laughs> Okay. Um, I think people, and I'm guilty of it too, distance themselves and turn off that switch of caring to protect even a spouse, you know, to protect drama, to pro- to just shut down any potential issues. So, but there's, there's an effect of that. So I would like to talk about that if we could have time. Okay, cool. If not. All right. Where are we going to start it. at then? Oh my gosh. Um, Here we go. Here we go, people. <laughs> Um, well, you um, had it, you wanted to, you wanted to start with the heavy hitting topic first. Yes. And I actually got permission to read this to you all before, Uh-oh. um, I went ahead. Hey, Chris. Hey, Jessica. So, you know, I always talk about, we have a blended life support group on Facebook. Um, if you are new and this is your first, um, podcast episode or you're catching up and jumping ahead, if you're on Facebook and you're part of a blended family in any regard, even if you're a grandparent, um, you're welcome. So it, <laughs> I didn't hear anyone say thank you. Well, you're welcome to join and be a part of our our, our know, Facebook group. It's it's helpful because it's everyone's opinions. You know, it's not just mine. 
but everyone can help each other out and offer different perspectives and point of, points of view and give you guys something to think about because there's so many times I'm reading posts on our support group and people are in, you know, giving me like a whole new way to approach a situation that I never would have thought of. And it's really neat just to feel like you're supported. Like people understand what you're going through because it can be pretty isolating. Yeah. Um, so I got permission, but I'm not going to say names. I'm just, I'm going to do my best not to say names, but here's what one of our, um, group members wrote in. She said, hello, I have been married for a year and a half. My husband has two kids, um, a son and daughter, and I also have two kids, a son and daughter. I am posting because I need help. What do you do when your husband blocks you on Facebook for no legitimate reason? Mm. I'm going to read the whole thing, and then we can go through like question by question. Then we'll unpack it. We'll unpack it, but let me get through it. (laughs) Because I'm like, I could dive in right now. Yes. Um, we had a huge fight this weekend, mainly because his son and my son can't get along. He left, took his kids to a hotel, and then blocked me on Facebook the next day. I think he blocked me just to hurt me and to gain a little more control over the situation. He also suggested that we stay married, but live separately while we are raising kids. That's nine more years. What is that? I don't even know what to think right now. He's not acting like the person I married. I feel like I can't be me. I can't stay. I can't say or do anything right. And I'm not allowed to have any feelings over any of this. If I cry, he says I'm overly emotional. If I talk, he thinks I'm arguing or disagreeing. If I'm quiet, he thinks I'm mad, moody, or always tired. It is really hard for me to fake happy when I feel like my world is falling apart. How do I act when he is home when these things really bother me? What do I say to him? I am losing myself in this process and I ju- and am just a shell of who I used to be. I'm scared to talk to him because it always turns into an argument. This reminds me of one of our earlier podcast sessions called we need therapy but really though i mean that's the first step like coming from my point of view like you guys aren't on the same page about a lot of this and there's it sounds like there's some tit for tat things going on so therapy right number one could be your your marriage's best friend and that's just the surface of it without like diving into this right away would you agree um I think therapy is helpful. What I've learned about therapy, though, and I think that in order for therapy to work... Most people have to be present. <laughs> they have to show up, <laughs> so that could be a struggle here. But then not, it's not only showing up. Like You have to really be open to doing the work, open to having the hard conversations, open to your spouse's truth, which might really hurt or you might really disagree with. Um, therapy is... I think, you know, there's been times that I've wanted to just walk away from therapy because I'm like, I'm just throwing money at this and it's just going nowhere. Like, what is the point? Um, Even if I'm not willing to do the work, like I can sit in therapy all day long and cry and bitch and moan and complain and 
whatever, but it's... Or an hour at a time. For one hour. (laughs) But then it's like, if I go home and I make no changes and it's more of the same, you know, and so I think therapy is a great tool. I'm a big fan, but if you're going to go into marriage counseling or marriage therapy and both people aren't in the same, like committed space not that you can't get there maybe you it's a, a step to get there right but I think a lot of relationships crumble in marriage counseling because you really start to see that one person's in it and one person simply is not and it really just highlights everything and you just have to kind of hold on to the hope that the other person wants the same thing as you do yeah no I absolutely. don't know so I don't know if that's a good first step I think that they need um, hi, Michael. Hi, Jessica. We have other oh. other followers. Hey, everyone. Yeah, so I love therapy. I think it's a great place to go, but I also caution people that if you have two willing participants, it's amazing. Yeah. Um, the we best do it kind of just for fun do. now. <laughs> do uh, to, we? Yeah, well, kind of, but we always <laughs> find <we>? something. <laughs> Is it fun? No, never. It's not fun at it's all. It's work, though, but it's also work that helps us with our marriage, like, we we went to therapy earlier today, mm-hmm. and it was because <laughs> we were we like, haven't we been need in to weeks. schedule as soon as possible. Again. Yeah, but you know what? Like going there, I'm like, what are we even going to talk about today? Like things have been great, you know, which is Dude, never I have so our- much talk about every <laughs> fucking time I walk in that door. <laughs> but then <laughs> that is like but the crust of why we Julie need therapy. Shows up. Yeah, because you're like everything's fucking unicorns and rainbows. Oh so we're just gonna have that podcast now. I'm just gonna leave this button on and just leave it here. Okay, here we go. <laughs> Yeah, and I'm like, let's talk about real life. She hasn't even drank tonight. Anyways. Yet. Yeah. I thought so, about bringing uh, down the Stella Rosa. Going back to... But let's deal with this, not that's us. What, yes, thank you. <laughs> so him going and staying at a hotel, like that's like, I'm I'm out of here blocking her on Facebook. Let's Can we just go through this and talk about point by point? Okay, yeah. <laughs> Whatever you would like, dear. Thanks. That's better. Because that's what we said we were doing. That's what I said we were doing. I said I do, yes. You said I you said do. I said I do whatever you want me to, yes. Do, do I agree. You guys yes. heard this. It's on camera. Yes, we episode, have I don't know, 34 or 35. Like, wherever we are. Put this on repeat. Yes. Um. Anyway, okay, so first thing she starts off with, which is like kind of funny because it's the most... Telling. No, it's just when you bring a problem to the table, it's like the most like stupid thing to lead with. Not that this is stupid, but that the first thing, like her bit, her first thing is that what do you do when your husband blocks you on Facebook? Like oh, that is thing. what yes, yes, she's yes. leading with. And I think that is so interesting because I would be the same way. Yeah. Like I wouldn't even care that we weren't living together. No, it would really bug me. That you block me on Facebook. Like, yeah, it was, what that's is one that? of those things. Yeah, that's one of those things. Like, I really like, I'm sure that he didn't leave quietly when she wasn't looking. I'm sure it was like kind of a blow up and it's a statement. It's it's all it is. It's a statement piece. Like, look at, I don't want to hear from you. I don't want to talk to you. I need to cool down. And <laughs> coming from relate. and coming from a male stance, you know, can, point of view, mm-hmm. it's just a stance of him being like, I need to cool down. But what scares me about this is the part where they're saying they need time and they need to live separately until the children are out of the house. Now, 
I don't know about you, but to me, that's not a marriage. Like, you know, it's one thing if you're traveling for work or um, like our family of the month. If you guys haven't checked them out, we have a video of family of the month and they are actually a multi household. They live in different houses, but not separately. <laughs> they live in one house sometimes together mm-hmm. and they live in the other house sometimes together. And sometimes dad's at work here and mom's at work here, but they always come back together and they're always a family. And anytime that they can get under the same roof living together, they cherish those moments. Now saying we're going to get married or we are married, mm-hmm. but I don't like your kids. You don't like my kids. Well, let's just live in our own separate places until the kids are gone and then we'll live together. Like that's not marriage. Like marriage is working out that hard stuff together. Mm-hmm. It totally is. And sometimes you're going to dislike one kid or one spouse and vice versa, you know, but it's it's working through those hard things that make your relationship stronger, that teaches your kids. And that's the, that's the big deal here is teaching your kids when things get hard, you don't just pack your bags and leave. You, you show up, you deal with it, and you're there for the family. Yeah. Well, the Facebook thing, going back to that, um, I think is super childish. I think that women especially want a protector want a strong man generally, okay? I know there's people who prey on the weak, but I think women, (laughs) you know. That's why I keep my mouth shut usually. (laughs) Women really seek like a protector, a safe place, a strong man, you know, and when you act like a little bitch and do stuff like that, um, it's, it's, it's count like men want respect and then they act like that and wonder why women talk to them a certain way or are frustrated or distant or moody or emotional. And it's just like, well, you started this. So, um, do you know, <laughs> I thought like the list the, was going to keep going? <laughs> well, the fact that you have to pee on something and make a statement, you know, how about make a statement to your wife's face? You know, how about being like, hey, well, you I don't want to talk right now. Like, give me space like a grown up adult <laughs> would say, you know, but yeah. I I think that that's a very immature move. I think that um, can I read my response? Yeah, let's go for it. So I wrote her back and I just it has everything I want to say. So I figure I'll just read what I wrote. So my response to this in our group was, I'd be lying if I didn't understand how easily it can be to get where your blended family and marriage is at. True story. I think that many of us could get there easier than we'd like to admit. I'm so sorry. If you are, oh, and then I ask her permission to share tonight. Um, I think so many people feel you and their hearts break with yours. Distance in marriage doesn't make the heart grow fonder. It just creates more distance. So to me, this seems counterintuitive if the goal really is to stay married. You also really have to consider what message this living arrangement sends to all the kids. Does this teach them what marriage is? Does it reinforce your values when it comes to family and marriage? Is this something you'd want for them when they are older? I just posted this on our Instagram story. Whatever your marriage looks like is what your kids will think marriage is. I believe that wholeheartedly. In fact, this is a huge reason why my children's father and I got divorced. 
It was a toxic marriage, and that is putting it nicely, and it was a relationship I couldn't in good conscience allow my kids to see as functional or something to accept in their own adult relationships. Sometimes you have to model self-worth so that they can learn it. Your number one job is to raise your own kids up to the way you see fit, to protect them and instill in them the values and beliefs that you feel will serve them best when they are off doing life as adults. Marriage is so much more than just about the two people in it and how we all go about doing married life is literally the biggest teaching tool for our children who are absolutely absorbing everything. It's an awful feeling to have someone just walk away like that, giving up and basically push you down and aside. My heart really goes out to you and the kids. Please keep us posted. So Jessica said, one of our one of our Jessicas, <laughs> um, he, that he's trying to get out of their marriage. And I think from the outside looking in, like that's kind of a quick like, yeah, but I think the listener, the viewer um, needs to have that conversation with him and be like, Hey, well, first of all, say, I'm not all right with this. I'm not all right with this behavior and spell out your reasons why, like it needs to be a one-on-one conversation. Maybe you and him go to your place and have a conversation. Like this needs to be talked about. This isn't one of those things that gets swept under the rug. And like every couple of weeks when something like this happens, like he blocks you and he bails and, that's that like this is unacceptable behavior you're not all right with it I'm sure the kids are confused by it but you need to have that conversation and make that make that point or ask that question like is this you trying to get out of the marriage are you trying to tell me something without you know what I mean like she's she's completely right like from the outside looking in like that's what it looks like yeah well and it's easy when you're unhappy You know, it's always like the smallest thing that breaks the camel's back, right? Like you have so much built up under this that we don't even know to the full extent how it got to this place other than, you know, she does say her boys, their boys do not get along and, you know, one's, one initiates and then one's explosive. These come out, you know, there's, there's 10,000, not 10,000, but there's a lot to this thread. How old are the boys? Did it say that? Um, yeah, the boys are 13 and 10. 13 and 10, which also is a very, it's the very beginning of like the hormonal state of boys or children in general. But um, mm-hmm. this is actually something we've been kind of talking about. Like when they get to that, you know, 11, 12, 13, especially 14 year old time in their life, they become very hormonal and they... They fight with their parents. They fight with their siblings. You know, they are pulled in so many directions, and it's just a really hard place for them to be. Yeah. So um, that they're not getting along with each other, like, that's pretty understandable that they aren't getting along with the parents. Like, that's understandable, too. But remember, you guys are the parents. You guys are the ones who set the tone and who discipline and condone or... Um, you know, tell them this is right. This is wrong. You know, whether they like it or not, this is your house. These are your children. They are still children and it's our jobs to parent them. Yes, I would definitely would love the other side of the story because unless she just married a complete asshole, people do that. 
Yeah, but probably not even the case here. But I'm just saying, unless you married a really bad, bad person, it would take someone a lot to leave, I would think, especially in a blended family. Um, although I'm reading our thread in this, this support group, and she's not the only one living separately and being married. And so, I mean, who are we to say what works for people and what doesn't? Um I just, I don't see how, like, distance, you can have a cooling off period, but as a lifestyle, I feel like distance just makes you more distant. Absolutely. It draws a wedge between you, and mm-hmm. how do you bond? How do you how do you grow that relationship stronger and tighter? Yep. And, and think back, like, why did you get married in the first place? Why are you with this person in the first place? Because you wanted to spend time with them, or is it one of those situations you got stuck into, and you're like, man, I guess I just got to live my life with this person. Like, think back to the root of it all. Like, why are you with this person? Yeah. You know, ask them, you know, to think back to why they're with you. Yeah. And try to harness some of that beginningness, if that's even a thing, and, you know, figure out why you guys are together, why you guys love each other in the first place, and start talking about that, you know? And if things have changed or you feel like he's changed or you've changed and your kids obviously have changed because when you got together five years ago and they were five years old, now they're 10 years old or they were 10 Mm -hmm. and now they're 15, like your kids have changed. There's no questions about that. Right. So you guys need to be able to work together to parent these changing children who are just a major pain in your butt. And one thing I will say about blended families and I think this is true for really for any family. You don't know. When you get married, you have no idea what lies ahead of you. You know, and in blended families, I think it's just highlighted more because there's so many moving pieces and parts with all the, the X's and the steps and the step other. You know, there's a lot more moving pieces. Um, but, you, you know, I think that we can't discount that the situations we face in our blended families that we can't predict when we get married takes a toll, right? And it does affect you and it does change you. Um, When you go through something, you don't come out the other side the same person. Right. You know, you might be a little bit jaded. You might be a little bit bitter. You might be a little bit more guarded. You might have learned an important lesson that actually makes you a better person. But they're all life lessons. Right. But I mean, you aren't going to be the same people as a blended family that you were at the beginning because it, it does evolve and situations change everything. Um, and kids really can, I mean, this is a perfect example and we talk about it a lot here is that kids can definitely come between a marriage if you let them. If you not uncommon, we're in situation right now where we could let kids come between our marriage and we have been for a while. Like our, our kids definitely like just to attest to that and what they're, what they're doing, like our kids totally could draw a wedge between us and they have tried in times and, um, it just, it's, it's something that unless it happens to you, you're like, "Ah, I don't see that ever happening, but it's, it's a real thing. Yeah. It's completely a real thing, and I'm sure most of you can give a thumbs up for that because <laughs> like, it's a real thing. Well, also, and I think about the situation, and for me, if we decided to ever live apart, you know, I think that for me, 
I would rather just rip the Band-Aid off and get through it because how awkward is it to come back together? Yeah, but like who all gets this to time keep the apart, dogs at that point? Well, I'm just saying, <laughs> though, say like, roll? could you roll? Could you imagine, like, they so they do this and they're living separately and what their kids are probably happy because they've won. Yeah, the kids have now won. The kids now have control. Elated. They're king of the hill. Right. Kids are elated. Everything's better. Um, because it's easier. They have what they want. They have, they have their parent to themselves again, and they don't have to deal with the stepchildren because all children's steps are not bicker. Which mind you also, if kids are getting their way and stuff like this, this is also teaching kids the basics of manipulation. That if you, if you cause enough problem or you cause enough chaos or, um, it teaches them to manipulate the situation. Well, it now, gives this is, them power that totally they shouldn't them, have. They, yeah, it's false equal, power. Well, it's power equal to you as a parent. Or above you. You know, it's the same thing about being your 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 kid's best friend. You know, it makes them an equal. And that's not good for them. Right. As much as it might be, you know, fun, you know, it isn't in their best interest. Um, and this kind of thing, too, I totally agree. It teaches them to manipulate and to win by hurting others um, and that tearing apart families is a win. And I don't necessarily, I know we've, we come from divorce, most of us, and we come from a torn family. And so people might look at me and be like, well, aren't you a fucking hypocrite? Right. But I still, um, you just just threw the button out the window, you know, but I, it doesn't mean that you can't because you're divorced. You can't believe in marriage still. And because you're divorced, you don't have values and you don't know somebody's path that they had to go on in their divorce. So moving forward, I think that you really, you, the lessons that are the, that the kids are picking up from all of this should be more important than any parents like issues at this point. Right. Yeah. And unless it's like a life threatening situation or an abusive situation, like put more effort into this. Yeah. Oh my God. But can you seriously imagine having to move back in together? Yeah. Years later, not even years later. Like what if it's, you know, what if some people are like, give it a couple months. I'm like, the kids would be even worse Coming yeah, back together. Because now they're going to try to do it again. Well, they're going to be but mad. Now they're just well, angry. Too. They're mad. They're angry. They're going to try harder. They're confused. They're confused. And it would be so awkward to look at your spouse and be like, we allowed this or you allowed this. Or like, how do you rebuild that trust? You know, there's a lot more work that has to be done yeah. moving out to move back in. Than if you could just stick it out in and what stay waste, in. There's just so much wasted energy involved in that. You know what? Like, if you're in this situation right now or you're contemplating this situation right now, like, stop. Go look in the mirror in the bathroom and be like, is this really, like, truly. <laughs> Take your clothes off first. Turn your, turn your phone oh, on. Turn around and bend over. What? Oh, my gosh. Turn your phone on. Flip oh. it to selfie mode. Look yourself in the eye and be like, is this really what I want for my life? Like, People need to stop crying wolf and running away and just really face it. Like, is this what I want? And if this is what you want, like you said, rip the bandaid off and like take that step. And like, this is, this is, you open that door, you go through it, you close it behind you, you know, like no walking through that door and coming back and forth. It's like, not, it's, it's not just, good it's for hurtful. anyone. It's hurtful to the marriage. It's hurtful for you. 
You know, it's yeah. hurtful for every you and everyone around you. And it just needs to stop. Like divorce rate is what 70% failure rate in the second marriage. Like this is why we're here is literally to make that statistic go down. That's why you guys are listening to us or watching us because you care enough to make that statistic go down, right? So if this is you on the fence about this and this is something going on in your life, like is this really, really what you want? Like think about it. Yeah, and there is no going back. Like even if you got, even if you moved back in, you know, anytime trust is broken and I think when you live separately, there's a piece of that trust dies, you know, as much as someone cheating on someone and you never fully trust that your spouse isn't going to leave again. Like when times get hard, cause shit's hard, are you going to be out? And I think that you don't want to lose your partner's respect. That's really hard because people do not, I don't care if you're male or female, you don't let stuff go, especially when it is concerning broken trust. Right. That seed's always there. And it's best to just live through it. And I think you bond in the trenches. You, you bond do. in and the trenches. You'll always you don't... come out stronger. You know, if you guys are working on this together, you're always going to come out stronger. Yeah. You know, and if not you, like maybe the other person, someone's going to come out stronger and it's only going to help your marriage. Yeah. And I feel like I do need to address um, and why I shared with her kind of my story from um, my marriage. You know, I think that if you're in a situation that is not good for your kids, I think that needs to matter, you know, um, and I, you guys read, you guys heard what I wrote to her about my, my previous marriage, but you know, you, it matters what your kids see and we are our kids first and best and most important teacher as parents. Uh, yeah. And so, you know, I also don't think that living a toxic, abusive, unloving mean, vindictive, manipulative marriage is good for kids. You know, I will say, and I have said this, but you know, in context, my kids live in two homes with spouses who love each other. My kids have two examples of marriages that are functional and well-matched and they get to see what love looks like in two homes. In two very different ways. Yeah, but... Better my kids have two loving homes, okay, than grow up learning what not to do. Like growing up in a toxic situation that would have been miserable for everyone and nobody wanted that for our kids. Right. You know, and so I also feel like that kind of needs to be put out there as much as we're like, I think you need to make this work because if you're a blended family, you should know better. Right. If you're getting married for the second time or third time, and you know how hard that time. first time is to go through that. Like, who wants to do that again? Not I, right? Yeah, it's ridiculous. Yeah, but don't be childish. I think the worst way you can fight in your marriage because marriage you fight, right? Like it's part of it, and that's fine. We grow in the fights, right? Um, but the worst thing you can do in a fight is be childish because you immediately immediately lose the respect of the other person. Yeah. That other person now starts like being disgusted with you or, you know, and that's not helpful. Or bringing it back up later. Yeah. You know, it gets used against you. Yeah. 
Oh, God. Always. Don't give anything to anyone <laughs> that can be used against you later. Right. Yeah. Story of my life. Your life. Anyway, so are we good with this? Is there anything else you want to discuss more? Uh, no. Fight for your marriages, people. Fight for your marriages. So she she does ask, though. We didn't really talk about this. How do I act when he is home? Okay. First of all, actually, no, there's so much more to say. <laughs> okay. So I have felt like this, and I, I yes. would say you have, too. Yes. I feel like I can't be me. Yes. I can't say or do anything right. I'm not allowed to have any feelings over any of this. If I cry... He says I'm overly emotional or crazy. If I talk, he thinks I'm arguing or disagreeing or crazy. If I'm quiet, he thinks I'm mad, moody, or always tired or crazy. I think I'm this adding is what the crazies, but I think that this is something that I I really resonate with. Yes, I feel like I think this, this is what triggered me to therapy, like go to therapy because it's an even playing field. You have a referee. And <laughs> you get put in your place. They penalize you. They're like, nope. They blow the whistle on you, you know, and they put you in the penalty box. And Should we they give tell our ther- you, can we bring our therapist a whistle next time? <laughs> that'd be, that'd be I have so my, funny. I have one can of my hockey bag I could give her. Oh, my God. I want to hear a whistle. I have a whistle. Here's a, here's a little side story real quick. There was one referee that was so, so, so bad. Hockey, right? Hockey. Well, yes. Well, yeah. you know, some people don't know you as intimately as I do. No, in golf. Yes. So the referee, <laughs> it was so bad that one night after the game, I went on Amazon and I ordered a penis whistle and was going to write his name on it and just randomly drop it in middle of play somewhere. And then no matter what, someone's going to find that whistle in middle of play and they're going to pick it up and it's going to have the rest of the name on it and everyone's going to laugh. However, the ref never came back after we chirped him and he's gone now. Everyone, my husband, the most mature man in the world. Has a penis whistle in his hockey bag. Yes. Oh, my gosh. And a butt plug next to my bed. There's nothing wrong with butt plugs. <laughs> That's another true story. <laughs> the plug <laughs> that goes in the end of, that goes in your hockey, the end of your hockey stick is called a butt plug. So oh, I didn't know I that. I had one sitting on my dresser and sent it out on one of my hockey group chats a while back and said, every real man has a butt plug on his nightstand next to his bed. Amen. And it was for my hockey. It was for my hockey stick, obviously. Aww. Anyways, blended life butt plugs. <laughs> Coming to a store <laughs> near you. <laughs> okay. But but wait. Plug, yes. What, why doesn't it work when I press it? Because you have to have the magic touch. Oh gosh, you're gonna blow out the eardrums. What's that have to do with it? Well, you can say things and I can't. Like I again, didn't curse at all. I'm saying hockey gear. What are you talking about? Yeah. Penis. Wow. Is a penis hockey gear? No, I learned about penises in like fourth grade. And oh dear God! Okay, so I just wanted I want to validate her feeling like she can't win, like no matter what she does, quiet crying, like it doesn't matter. And I think that we all feel like that, like just helpless, like we don't know how to act. We're walking on eggshells. Everything is taken wrong. And when you when you see your wife crying, she just wants a hug. She doesn't want to be called crazy, you know. But that's all you want to call her sometimes when she's acting crazy. <laughs> like I get it, but we all just shut down in our own ways. Some better than others, but it's still a form of sweeping that under the rug. It still needs yeah. to be addressed. It still needs to be talked about, and you guys need to work it out one way or another. But it needs to be worked out when the kids aren't around, mm-hmm. when you have more than five minutes 
you know, before you need to walk out the door and go to work, mm-hmm. you know, you need to set aside, you know, 30 minutes, an hour, a whole evening, whatever it may be with no one else around, no phones, you know, one of you don't have Facebook anymore. So get off Facebook, get off Instagram, put your phones down, put them away and have the conversation. Yeah. But what is she like? How is she supposed to act? That's our question too. Like when, you know when what? he's in the state, cause here's the thing when somebody else is, so if somebody's done, they're kind of done and you can't really change that. So you have to go into it understanding that you're probably not going to change their state of mind. All you can do is behave in a way that honors you, that honors your marriage and that honors your family. So anytime you don't know how to act, think before you talk, check in with your physical like emotions, right? Your facial expressions. But don't let it become a sarcastic thing. No, you have to honor. Are you, is what you're going to say next going to honor your marriage or honor your family? Right. But if they're anything like you are, like you wear your heart on a sleeve, on your sleeve, and if you are like, I'm shut down and I'm only going to give you answers that are what you want to hear or are sarcastic or whatever they may be, that's going to all like, that's just more fuel for that fight. So what like, does a woman do? Talk to a us, woman, man. a man, anyone just, you know what? If you need to take five minutes, let them know. Let me take five minutes real quick. You know, think about all the good things that are going to make it better and come in and talk about it without accusing without you know throwing out sarcasm and really like it's the biggest time in our lives like to find maturity you know like really though well i'm roll just your eyes i'm not me, i am not rolling my eyes i am looking sideways there's a sarcastically. difference well i'm just shocked this is like awesome to hear but i'm just shocked to hear it <laughs> says you <laughs> <laughs> It's something I work on, like, quite we, often. I, you know, me too. And I've, I feel like you have, too. Well, one thing, and I, I was going to write a blog on this, so maybe I will, because I think it's a, um, it's gonna, it's kind of, like, controversial. But one thing I've learned in this last, in therapy, I, I talked about in therapy, but something I need to work on in our marriage is putting our marriage first, and putting my efforts and emotions and um, attention and efforts and all that more into my marriage and less into the kids. Um, I got, ta- I, you know, I, I get taken for an emotional ride by things that beyond my control. And I just realized, like, that doesn't need to be where my attention goes. No, because what it does is it, it seeps into the veins of our home and our marriage and it affects us and not, not only does it affect you, but it affects me, it affects the kids and it basically overflows with something that we shouldn't be putting our effort into. Yeah. And while you have to go on certain rides with your ex and you know, you cut whatever it is, I think that some things you just need to lay down and yeah, just put your, efforts elsewhere and I will tell you my therapist our therapist was very glad to hear that (laughs) like the heavens had opened up and they like she's like I've been telling you that from day one yes and I'm like well fuck fucking great 
Yes. I'm finally here. I'm finally listening. You know, like, just celebrate this and don't need to rub it in my face. But sometimes just you kidding. need it rubbed She's in your awesome. face to get it to stick. Because there's a lot of times where you just... But look, you know, I've told you things a hundred times. And, like, until you hear it or you see it for yourself or a therapist who you're paying lots of money tells you it, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. those skies never open. Mm-hmm. Well, the skies didn't open with you or her telling me this. I had to learn it for myself. Yes, I know. Like yes. a true child. Yes. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> but um, but I think that's good advice for everyone. I think that we enter blended families as single parents most often, and our focus is all of our kids. You know, our focus is on the custody battle and the drama of whatever and we get married and that still rules our world and we don't really give the shift over to the union you just created. Um, I'm or definitely guilty of that. We want to do it all ourselves or we want to feel a certain way ourselves, you yeah. know, and it doesn't like, for instance, you and I were having a great, wonderful weekend. And the only one time that we kind of argued that was very, very briefly, but it was, it was just such a misunderstanding. This weekend, we were at my hockey tournament. We were literally there all weekend, Friday, Saturday, Sunday, Monday. And this happens on Monday after our very last game. And we, I come out of the locker room, and we had just won the championship of this tournament that we're at. And I, I'm like, before everyone gets undressed, like, everyone, let's take our, our trophy Let's go up to where all of, uh, all of our friends and our family are all hanging out, and let's do like one-on-one photos with our spouses. So I go up there. I'm the first one. I'm leading the pack. I've got the trophy in hand, and I get up there, and you're holding my sister and brother-in-law's little baby. Our niece. Our niece. <laughs> you're holding the baby. Yeah. And I'm like, hey, you want a picture? Like, you're Miss Picture, and you're just kind of like, oh, okay, so how this got misconstrued was me being selfish, thinking she doesn't care. She doesn't care that we just won. You were assuming the worst about me, which feels horrible. Yes, as a, as it was me being selfish and not realizing like you have been on baby duty and you're going, you know what I mean? Like there, you were doing a thousand things. I was trying I, to just be helpful to. I'm not trying to argue with you again, but I'm trying to talk mm-hmm. about the situation. So we talk about it for a minute. I kind of force her to take a picture with me, which is not with you of you with me. I didn't get a picture of you with your with you with your. Trophy. I tried to. That was the point of me coming up there. No, you said you wanted a picture, and I took a picture of it you was and supposed your trophy. To be, it was supposed to be me and you, though. That was the point of me coming up there. But you see how this all got misconstrued. So I'm offended and hurt at this point. You're mad because I'm offended and I'm angry and I'm not talking right. And I'm and just trying to do the right thing. You're trying to do the right for thing for everyone. So nothing. You're like- mad. Walk out one area. I walk back down to the locker room. I think I'm like, this is bullshit. <laughs> That's exactly what you yelled in the middle of and the you're rink. Like, with. Yeah, it is. And you walked away. It was real mature, you guys. I didn't say you did. You said, anyway. yeah, it is. And you walked away. And I'm like, we're the fucking perfect oh married gosh. couple. Okay, so I'm thinking about this in the locker room. We just won, and I'm like, this is stupid. Like, I'm not having any fun. This is what, like, but I'm thinking about it. I'm like, I I start adding everything up, like, to what just happened and what you were going through. And rather than coming back up there pissed off, I come up there, and I apologize to you. And you do the mature thing, and you apologize to me. And we kind of 
take it down a notch and we talk about it and we were both, we were literally both in the wrong. When we started arguing, we were, we thought we were both in the right. Now you're rolling your eyes at How me. was I wrong? Would love to hear this. Oh my God. So I it's don't think I was wrong. With you. At all. I was trying to do something <laughs> that I knew that you would like and you just were like, I'm too busy for this and... Um, is that how it went? Yeah. I was okay. Too Anyways, busy. I was a hundred percent in the wrong as usual, ladies and gentlemen. In this case, like, yeah, like I'm guarding your very expensive camera bag, which weighs a thousand pounds. I have a thousand and two. If you I have, it. it's, it's heavy. Yeah. I have our, and it's expensive. Like you're like, don't let this out of my sight. And it's not even for me. You're giving this to another person to shoot. And I'm trying to guard that. She's the girl you're trying to give this bag to shoot your, your stuff like could give two shits where your bag ends up. She's not watching out for it whatsoever. Um, I have that responsibility, which is like tens of thousands of dollars of equipment, you guys. So that's like stressful. I have a sick baby that I'm trying to watch because who wasn't your responsibility in the first place, but happy to do it. Of course, because she's family. Yeah. You know, well, and you love her more than anything. I do more Ma- than me, especially at this point. Yeah. Mom had to work. And dad was in the tournament. And so dad brought baby and there's family there, but she wouldn't settle down. And I was dancing with her all weekend. And so I kind of had a rhythm with her to, to settle her down and nobody else could. So I'm trying to calm a sick, crying, unhappy baby down the entire game. I got this camera gear I'm supposed to watch. And I'm trying to take pictures of Eric right during the game because I know I'm I'm supposed to be supportive and I want to. I'm a picture person, so I, you know I'm he I'm trying to like do all the things, and this weekend's not about me at all. This weekend isn't anything that is like I'm like about Julie, and so I am literally trying to be there for everyone in every way I possibly can, and happy to do so. But I'm like my attention is split. 10,000 different ways. I had no idea this was going to happen after the game. Like I'm walking down the stairs with the baby, trying to make sure his camera bag, somebody else gets it, brings it downstairs. She's upset. Family member, like my purse is somewhere. I don't know where the hell my purse went at this point. Like, you know, my wallet. And so there was just like a lot going on. And so for him, and it's like his sister's kid, which I love in my family too, but like, and I'm sitting there like, and he's giving me shit. Because this is... And I'm like, okay, I am literally (laughs) here for you all weekend doing whatever you want, here for your family, like doing whatever they want. And I'm just like, I'm so sorry. Yeah, what threw me off about is I came up there, I walked past you, there was like no congratulations, there was no kiss, there was no, like, you were just like, I'm here babysitting. And I'm like... First of all, it's not you. It's not anything you ever do. And I think that's what threw me off. And second of all, I'm like, I brought everyone up here, like, so we can do one-on-one pictures, you know? Meaning, like, me and you, like, with yeah, someone else taking... I would have loved to get a picture with you, but that didn't happen because I... Anyway. We actually did get pictures, just not with a trophy, but big deal, you know? Yeah. Like, we do have pictures together. Anyway, people are turning this off now. This is just our bullshit. Yeah, but uh, my point is, when you get into fights like this... They're usually about selfish reasons. And now I thought it was two people having their own selfish reasons. I'd come now to find out it was only one person having their selfish reasons. And you just need to come to your own senses. And yes, honey, you're always right. I'm not always right. But in this 
I'm not always right. And I'm happy to admit when I'm wrong. <laughs> just kidding. Like, for just not real. right now. I'm not wrong right I know. now. You're not. I know. Yes, honey. Oh, I know. Oh, <laughs> my sweet baby Jesus. Okay. Maybe our therapist will watch our podcast. No chance. No. No. All right. We don't pay her enough. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Um, I we're probably only gonna have time for one other topic. So. Thank God. <laughs> okay, so let's talk about living in the bio parents' shadow as a step parent. Okay. A lot of blended families start for a lot of reasons, and I think that death and being widowed is one of them. And so I come across this a lot in people's blended family lives from step parents. You know, there's there's been a situation. This what prompted this topic was um, a stepmom is fed up because you know sometime into their blended family life, the bio mom passed away, and now her stepdaughter lives with them full time, and is basically making her life hell. And how old's the stepdaughter? I think she's in her like ten, let's say ten. Okay. So not like teens or mid teens or she's not almost grown up and she's not a baby. So we'll say ten. Okay. She's a Because I don't really remember, but it wasn't like she was seventeen, almost graduated or right, right. four and They're you have a long it. ways to go. Right. Um so and I just think, like, I think that step-parents, especially when there's death, you know, um, extend grace. You know, I can't imagine losing my parent as a child, whether I had a step-parent or not. Losing a parent as a child would be so hard and so unfair. I would be angry probably every day. I would deal with sadness. It would take a long would, time to get over for sure. Yeah. Like, why God? Like, it's unfair. I'm alone. I miss my mom. She'll never walk, you know, she'll never see me walk down the aisle. She'll never be there for graduation. She'll never hold my babies. And I feel like these are thoughts you I would have till my dying day. And so, especially if, so I think the only answer in this situation is you just have to be incredibly patient and you have to extend an extreme amount of grace. Lots of it, yeah. And also to your spouse. If your spouse, if the mother of your spouse's child dies, you can't expect that not to affect your spouse. I think that's alarming for many different reasons. You know, you your heart breaks for your children for sure. But then it's also really hard to lose someone who's been in your life for a long yeah, time. Yeah, there's a lot of shock value, and I mean, there's so many emotions that come with it. Probably, probably hundreds of them. Yeah, yeah. And then having to live with your stepchild, you know, you can never measure up to the bio mom. And I think that on some level, all stepchildren or all step parents can kind of feel that way. Like kids idolize their parents, and you can never live up to the mom or dad if you're a step parent. Um, it's not a hundred percent true for every family, but I feel like it's a common enough issue. We could talk about it here. And, um, this actually happened to one of my friends now that you are like, now that I'm like really thinking about it. Oh yeah. Yeah. One of my buddies, um, who I used to carpool with. Yeah. Um, his wife, ex-wife 
passed away and their son lived with her full time up in Oregon and then came down to live with them. And it actually went, it, it turned into a good, a really, actually a really good thing. And him and his son are very close and the stepmom cares for the son. But I often check in and I still do anytime I see him around each other, you know, like, how's he doing? You know, because yeah. that can't be easy for a kid. It's one thing to be the parent in this situation, but to be the kid, like not only are you a kid going through all these hormonal changes and um, just normal life, but now you're missing your parent, which is not really the normal way that um, life goes. Yeah. You know? No, it's super unfair. And I think that you have no choice but to white knuckle it with your stepkids. And I think that what you do need to do when you feel like you're living in the shadow of anyone else, right, is you start with self-care because you can't control how your stepchild feels. You can't control their anger, their hurt, their disappointment. You know, you can't control that something happened, you know, but you absolutely need to make sure that you are checking in and valuing yourself, you know, surrounding yourself with good people, taking care of your body and mind and soul and spirit, um, you know, journaling, exercising, having a hobby. You should have an escape hobby, you know, for Eric. It's not a hotel room and deleting Facebook. <laughs> it's not, <laughs> it's a, not hobby. a hobby. <laughs> um, but you need to have an escape. And I think that's healthy. You need a hobby away from your family because you will need to go recharge somewhere. You can't, I don't think it's reasonable for any spouse to expect their spouse to live like that, to live constantly feeling less than or constantly feeling that they're not good enough. That would be a really cruel way to expect your spouse to live day in, day out without being able to remove themselves from that situation for a minute. You know, maybe it's a girl's weekend once a quarter. You know, maybe. And we should encourage these things for our spouses. We should encourage them to go have that quarterly brunch that you guys do or go to the gym, you know, or go get your nails done or just do things that fill you up a breath of fresh air. Yeah. Yes. But also my point is though, be encouraging of that stuff with your spouse. Don't give them a hard time. You know, when your husband wants to go out on the golf course, you know, and go spend an afternoon. Now, if it consumes your life and it's like every day and they're doing it as an escape from you, like going back to earlier, maybe you need to have a talk then. Balance. But find balance and it's okay to have hobbies. You know, maybe you go out and you, you know, you fly airplanes or um, I don't know, you you go surfing. There's so many, there's so many hobbies and they look so differently to everyone. But, and if you don't feel like you have a hobby, I feel like a lot of adults are stuck. Like it's too late or I don't have anything because my kids are my hobby or my husband is my hobby. My wife, you know, my family. Don't let your kids be your hobby. (laughs) Well, but you can go learn something new. And if you can't. find something that you can learn to do. And if you can't, this is where the time to be childish is. Go, what did I love to do as a little kid? No, really, though. Like, what did I love to do as a little kid? That's not a bad idea, You know, actually. like, do you need to go down to the beach and skip rocks, you know, across across the water? Yeah. Or, you know, do you need to go out on a nature trail and look at flowers or pick flowers? Like, there's so many things. Or that- do you need to shut yourself in your bedroom, 
turn on your favorite music as loud as it possibly can and dance around naked. Wow. <laughs> okay. <laughs> is that a hobby? It is now. Or is that just another Tuesday night? <laughs> yes. You'll never know. Yeah. Anyways, <laughs> this is why podcast is on Thursday night. Yeah. Tuesday nights, I'm a little busy, guys. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I so grace and patience and always try to put yourself, if there's a death especially, I feel like you need to put yourself in their shoes and just let that guide you. I mean, under... And talk to your spouse too. You have to also communicate to your spouse what you need. You know, if your spouse isn't a mind reader, they might see that you're hurting and they may, might see your frustration, but they don't know what you need. They don't know what's going to make it better. And I think that spouses get really frustrated about that. Like they see something's wrong, but they have no idea what you need. And I think that it's super important to really communicate like, hey, I am struggling feeling like I'm living in someone's shadow and I'm not asking you to fix it because you can't, but what I'm asking you for is just space to go refill my cup, you know, as long as it's honoring to your marriage, go refill my cup and go recharge somewhere and I need to be away. And I feel like if you married a good person, they should extend that grace back to you and be super grateful that you're here and present and be like, yes, go recharge. Right. And maybe your spouse needs to do the same thing. You know, maybe they're they dealing. absolutely do. You know. Like everyone needs that. Yeah. So, and living in the shadow of a step parent who's alive, and you are a parent that's alive and you just can't live up to. Don't do it. <laughs> you don't need to. There's. It's a, not a competition. Yeah. It, like, <laughs> so, forget okay. about the other And person. that's okay. You'll never be as good as bio mom. Well, but bio the, mom or bio dad the, should be special. Like, the I don't know. will mad always at that. be greener on the other side, too, though. Just remember that. Like, you're only going to hear the perks. You're always, always going to hear the great things. And, yeah. you know, like the grass is always greener on the other side. Make, right. your green, make your grass as green as you can. Well, and it's interesting because I live in opposite of that land, right? Like, right now, my 14 year old son, I feel like idolizes his stepmom and hates me. So I feel, (laughs) you know, but I think that it's, it works in all regards. It isn't just the step parents that feel like that. I feel like bio parents too can also feel like threat, not well threatened by the step parent, you know, step parent better. Are they going to choose a step parent as a step parent? You know, do they love them more, not love them more, but would they rather be with them? Um, And I think that Everyone needs to understand that we all deal with some sort of insecurity here and our kids go through stages in life and they are going to prefer different people. This is something I'm learning. Each stage of life at each age and gender differences also play a role in this. They're going to prefer different people as they grow up in their different stages of life and that isn't it's not personal. It's just business, right? Like it is, it's not to hurt you. It is natural. Um, and I just think you got to roll with it and understand that, you know, whether you're a mom or a stepmom, whether you're a dad or a stepdad, you know, it doesn't lessen your importance or your value because your child prefers someone over you, you know? And, um, 
So I think the comparison thing is a really dangerous game and you just need to tell yourself like it's just not a competition. Right. You know? Yep. And love is love and love only grows and it's okay for kids to love everyone and be loved by everyone. You know, that is what it's all about and that is what we hope for all of our children. And on that note, I think... Just keep going. I'm not even going to stop you. I'm just going to let you keep going. Love is love. We're going to do the world's longest podcast. What's next? No, we're not even going to get to the other two. We'll have to deal with it later. Really? Next week, baby. All right, you guys. Well, she's bowing out. I have to go dance naked in my room now. It's not even Tuesday yet. Well, it's been a hard week. Feels like Tuesday. A hard week. You had a rough one, I know. I haven't had a hard week, actually. (laughs) (laughs) It's been a good week. All right, you guys. Thank you for tuning in. We will continue this conversation and discussion next week's lucky you yeah lucky and then we me. actually actually lucky we us. have kind of some fun topics for next week we came up with one we have one fun topic yeah for but next it's gonna week. be a, it's gonna be a doozy <laughs> is it and we yeah. have two more that we didn't even get to this week so. what was the one we were just talking about actually on the way here oh we're, i'm saving that for next week I'm are you you're not even gonna it. tell people no. Oh, okay well no so okay. um i want to talk about the consequences of your parents not embracing your new spouse. Oh, okay. That wasn't even the one I was talking about, but that's a you good one. You tease the one then. No, nope, we have others coming too. So it's actually going to be a really dynamic podcast. I'm dying to know what we're talking about. <laughs> Anyways, you guys, thanks for listening. Thanks for leaving those Dude. five-star reviews. Subscribe if you want to hear more of our nonsense. Give thumbs up because we love your thumbs up and we love having you guys here and Mm -hmm. sharing our blended families with you guys. And it's really like what makes this 70% failure rate lower and lower and lower. So thank you guys. Yeah. We'll see you guys next time. Bye guys. Bye. Hey, it's Julie again. I hope this episode of Blended Life started a conversation that you will finish in your home. But I get it, right? Sometimes you need more. My offer still stands. If I can interest you in a free one-on-one breakthrough session with me to see if coaching is right for you, contact me now at becomingheardnow at gmail.com and let's get you unstuck. Becomingheardnow at gmail.com. I look forward to it.